Our scripture this morning is from Hebrews 11, 24 through 29. If you're following along in the Pew Bibles, that's page 1192. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of the greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Thank you, Suzanne. Well, good morning. I have three amazing children, if you haven't met them yet. Uh, they love to swim. And uh, one of the things we like to do in the summer is go check out pools, uh, spend a lot of time getting wet. One of the things that maybe you've done, uh, but that I've done with my kids, is I will get into the pool, especially when they're younger, I'll invite them to come to the edge, and then I'll stick my hands out and I'll encourage them to jump in, and that I'll catch them, and that's going to be fine. And if you think about it from the kid's vantage point, uh, they're coming up to the edge of a pool. And they have a big decision to make. It's a faith decision. They're trying to decide if they trust me or that parent or that person who's there encouraging them to take this leap of faith. And all of a sudden, they're met with this decision. And for us, when we think about faith, we think about what that looks like and how that feels at times that can be that intimidating, that scary, as though it is our very lives we're putting into the hands of someone else. And that's what I want to talk about today as we talk about faith, and maybe you caught it in the passage, this repetition of by faith, that this is something that we want to be about and that what we see in the scripture, uh, how God is teaching us through the life of Moses. Now, if you've been with us, we've been studying uh, the, the whole book of Exodus, Kevin worked all the way through it. If you haven't heard those messages, go back and, and re or, or check out those messages. So you're all caught up. And today, we go from the second book of the Bible of Exodus, the very beginning, to the near the end of the Bible in Hebrews, and Hebrews 11 specifically. And it's talking all about faith, the faith of Moses, who is the primary character in the book of Exodus. So I get to conclude this series. I'm, I'm encouraged and grateful to be here with you all this morning to teach God's word. If you have not yet found this to be true, I hope it will be for you. God's word is relevant and applicable to today. And so as we do these things, as we look at this passage in particular, I hope you'll be encouraged to grow in your faith as we talk about this. Now, uh, we mentioned already, if you don't have your Bibles out, you can go ahead and grab one of those. If you've got your phone, you can get that out. Uh, if you want a pew Bible, it's page 1192. We're going to be in Hebrews 11 this whole time. And this passage, talking about faith, starts in verse 1. And so we wanna, what we want is a working definition. 
we talk about something like faith, we understand this concept of what it could look like to take a leap into someone's arms. But when we, when we see what the Bible is teaching us here specifically in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it, it describes faith this way. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I'm going to be jumping between NIV and ESV uh, here as I talk this morning. But ESV says it this way. That version says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen or evidence of things not seen. This idea is that faith is not something blind. Faith is not something that we just randomly hope for. We don't come up to the edge of the pool and close our eyes and hope that we've, we're jumping into the right section, we're, we're landing in the right place. It's not something that we disregard and or, again, put our blinders on. What we're looking at is the evidence. The evidence, just like we can't see the wind, we, we know that it moves and works. Just in that way, we see the evidence of God. But at some point, we have to know that we can only understand so much. Uh, two weeks ago when Frank preached, he mentioned this idea of sitting in a pew by faith. Do you remember that? He set, set it up well. Thank you, Frank. Uh, what we do here as we come to church, we sit in a pew. And if I could illustrate it a little further, what we're not really all doing this because we trust these pews. But what we might do is we might inspect it. We might go, yeah, I actually see that this is a pew. It looks pretty solid. The wood, I can't see inside it, but I know, well, at least it feels pretty sturdy and the joints look good. I can't, again, see everything. I'm going to take my shoes off for this illustration. But until I put my weight on the pew and I test its ability, do I know that it can hold me? And I'm putting my full weight now on this pew, and that's the kind of faith we're talking about. When we put our faith in something, we're not putting it in anything else. We're not worrying about what the ground is doing anymore. Now we're worrying about what the pew is doing. And when we think about not just that kind of faith that, that is that extreme to put our full weight in, we're actually considering what is the object of our faith. And in this case, and in our case specifically in the Christian faith, who is the object of our faith? And as hopefully you know, Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. He is able to handle all of our weight. That God, through the work of Jesus, has done this incredible uh, act to allow us now to uh, be held, to be uh, all okay in his arms, to be resting in him completely. And when we think about any time we're talking about faith, I'm not talking about some generic faith. And everybody has faith. We, we believe in something. Whether we believe or trust in Jesus as our source of faith, or maybe we're actually trusting in ourselves, don't realize it. Or maybe we actually have a faith in another religion, one that doesn't make Jesus the primary focus. Whatever your faith is, even this morning, wherever you're at, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that we can talk about this. We can think about this. I hope you'll be encouraged to take steps of faith and towards this faith in Jesus. Now, as we talk about it again, always when I'm saying faith, I'm talking about faith in God. I'm talking about, not again, not generically, 
but a faith in God. And we're going to see that here in the life of Moses. Okay, verse 24, if you've got your Bibles, follow along with me. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What is Moses doing? He's actually claiming a new identity. And this, this is a pretty incredible thing because Moses grew up in royalty. He's the son of Pharaoh's daughter in Egypt. And he's now claiming a new identity. He's stepping into his family of origin and he's saying, no, I'm willing to be considered a, an Israelite. In this case, he's stepping out of royalty and into slavery. And that's the picture of what people are understanding. And for you and I, it might actually feel like that sometimes when we're, if we're trusting in Jesus, we're being, we're being called out as Christians or we're calling ourselves Christians. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it feels like we're going from maybe popular to uncool. Or we go from, in this, uh, this uh, example, royalty to slavery. It might feel that way to be called a Christian. And I don't actually know. I've not been in New Jersey that long. But... Um, when I tell people I'm a pastor, I actually try to avoid that for a while. And usually people are still nice. I don't know if they'll be nice in New Jersey. I hope they will. Uh, but, but, even, but they change. Something changes in the way you interact with people. All of a sudden, that changes. Now, when, when we think about these things, we think about being considered a Christian or, in another way to put it, a little Christ or a follower of Jesus or as the... 90s Christian band made popular, a Jesus freak. It sometimes is intimidating and a scary thing to do, but Moses was willing to do that, royalty to slavery. And here's the irony of it. We're actually doing the exact opposite. When we go from faith in not, not God, not Jesus, we're actually currently, before that, in slavery to sin. And when we step into faith in Christ, we are now actually in royalty, not that interesting? It's actually the opposite, though it might feel otherwise. By faith, we're able to do these things. Just like Moses, uh, we can claim a new identity. Verse 25. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Now, first we see that Moses suffered for good. You know, sometimes we suffer and it's actually just our fault. We made a poor choice. And that's just part of life. We have to suffer the consequences. But sometimes when we suffer, it's because we're doing the right thing. And when we're suffering for doing the right thing, then we're blessed. And that's an awesome part of the kingdom of God, that we get to suffer for what is good. And then when we think about Moses, how he, he resisted temptations. The way this is said, I think this is really good. The, and I think, again, this might be the ESV, the fleeting pleasures of sin. That he, he was choosing God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Because any way we look at sin, and when we consider the sin in our lives or the people around us, whatever it is that are the issues, maybe for us it's um, something to do with money, the acquiring or the spending of money. Maybe it's sexually related. Uh, maybe it has to do with drugs or alcohol or food or success Whatever the temptation, the pull for us, I can tell you this. I know this from God's word and from experience that sin is only temporarily satisfying, if at all. 
And what it does is it, it creates this target that we're chasing that we can never fully attain. And what we see is that in Scripture, we understand that God is our source of fulfillment, that there is no other way to find true joy and true peace and satisfaction unless we're in Him. And it's not just for this life. It's for eternity that God gives this kind of satisfaction. And Moses understood that. He, under, he understood that, uh, that he was uh, willing then to suffer for good and resist temptations. Verse 26, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. You know, it's interesting, uh, Moses then valued Christ, though he didn't actually know who Jesus was. If you think about the timeline here, this is long before Jesus. But he knew that there was a Christ coming. He knew that there was a future hope, a Messiah that would save them. And though he understood only a little bit of what that was, he was willing to value Jesus more than earthly treasures. Now, let me tell you about the treasures of Egypt. In Egypt, again, they're like a world power at this time. And maybe you've heard this. I just I did some research this week, and I think, uh, I think I know what happened. But Egyptians have the pyramids and sphinxes. Some people have said that maybe it was the Israelites, the slaves, who built them. Actually, it was probably before that time that they were built. So let me give you a picture. The Egyptians have got these pyramids, these sphinxes, and this incredible power, world power, the kind of treasure that is pretty unmatched. And they actually, I'll show you, I'll explain this in just a second. What they actually might have been doing in building is um, something like this. Do you guys recognize this? Do you know where this is? This is, this is actually, think closer, in, in the city, New York City. Here, you want to go to the next one? This, this is right here in Central Park. You know, this, this actually might have been built by that time period, the Israelites, uh, who were the slaves of the Egyptians. This is called, I think, Cleopatra's Needle, uh, and it's got uh, hieroglyphics on there. You can maybe kind of make that out. That, that is over 3,000 years old, that right there. And, and that, if you see that in Central Park, just remember this, faith. <laughs> remember faith in God, the work of Moses the faith that he had to save his, his people. And he was willing to, more than the treasures of Egypt, who was this world power, he was willing to turn away from that and pursue God more than that. Now, for us, always we want just a little bit more. It's hard to find someone who's truly satisfied with their income or with their earthly wealth. We want 10% more. Because that will allow us to stop doing this and stop doing that. And it will allow us to start doing this and start doing that. And we have a hard time putting God above money. And what's happening all the time is there's this war going on. And we're, we're fighting to put money first, whereas we want to pursue God first. And Moses shows us how he did that by faith in Jesus. Now, verse 27 says this. By faith, he, Moses, left Egypt, 
not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Now, just a reminder, this is a world power. And now when you've got the Pharaoh who is functioning something like uh, his adopted grandfather, I guess that would have been. So Moses knows the Pharaoh. And this Pharaoh, this world leader, also can do whatever he wants. He can decide if someone is dead. That's his decision. And so when Moses is taking this risk to follow God, he's taking a big risk. This is a scary thing because who knows what might happen in the face of this world leader when Moses stands up to him. But by faith, we can do that too. We can take a risk to follow God. As we trust in him, we are able to take these kinds of steps towards him. Now, Verse 28 says, by faith, Moses kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, Moses actually was obeying God's commands. And one of the things that's important to remember is how serious God's commands are. In this case, uh, they were actually, it was a life or death situation. Now, we sometimes have the, um, are confused or uh, misled into thinking that what God is doing is he's creating these laws because he's some sort of cosmic killjoy, and he doesn't want us to have fun, and he doesn't want us to enjoy life. And when we think about it from a parent's perspective, uh, I've got, you know, my kids, they, um, I like it when they kick a soccer ball, and they have fun. I love soccer. And I don't like it when they go over here and kick Johnny. That's not okay. So the boundary is you kick the soccer ball, you don't kick people. You step outside that boundary, that's not good for anybody. I've got, I hope when my kids start to drive that they'll be good drivers, not crazy reckless drivers because they're going to suffer the consequences for that. And I'll have a higher insurance for that. And so that idea of this boundaries, these expectations that God has done for our own good, for our health and prosperity, to encourage us then to find joy and satisfaction within his boundaries, uh, this is a good and healthy thing. And so when we think about obeying God's commands, we have to actually again come back to this point and say, I believe that God, you are good. I believe that you have my best interests at heart. I believe that I can trust you even in your commands to do these things just as Moses did. Verse 29, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. This is the first time, um, this is the first time though the people had done this Passover thing. It was Moses' faith that seems to be highlighted in the verse prior. This is the first time we see the people's faith being highlighted. Because now all of a sudden, they have to make a decision and act on it. And what are they doing literally? So let's, let's recreate this scenario. They've left Egypt. They're walking, because you can't run with all your belongings, and though they probably don't have much, They've never, literally never left Egypt. They've been enslaved for 400 plus years. And they're going, and those Egyptians start coming after them, those dang Egyptians. They just keep coming after them, and they are now stuck at the Red Sea. 
and God parts the sea, and he allows them to be able to walk through. And this would have been a scary thing. They wouldn't have known if this was going to work out. How could they know? They've never done this. They've never been anywhere outside of Egypt, and now we're moving. We're, we're trying to go somewhere unknown through this huge body of water, enough water, as we would see in just a moment, that the Egyptian army was crushed by it. And these folks are moving. What are they doing? They're doing one thing. They're walking. They're taking steps. That's it. That's all God's asking them to do in this, in this scenario. He's saying literally walk from one side to the other. And they followed God into the unknown. Listen, for us, there is always a, a new step, a next step of faith. This unknown can, can maybe for us look like we're at a crossroads in life. Maybe it's uh, a new job. Or maybe you lost your job. Uh, maybe it's new school or a new class. Or maybe you failed your class. Or maybe it's a new home. Or maybe you've got a house that won't sell. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe you're recovering. Maybe, maybe for you it's a new baby or you've got a baby leaving the home. Whether it's health challenges or money challenges or relationship challenges, there's always this opportunity for us to take a step of faith. And when we think about it from this vantage point in the pew, I'm taking my shoes off again. You can go to the next slide. By faith. One more slide. <laughs> in God, we take one step at a time. We can claim a new identity. By faith in God, we can suffer for good and resist temptations. By faith, we can value Jesus more than treasures. By faith, we can take a risk to do the right thing. By faith, we can obey God's commands. And by faith, we can step into the unknown. This is possible by faith. And if for you, you're not sure how you're doing today, if you look at that list and it scares you a little bit, well, that's probably a good thing. But hopefully for many of us, we see some similarities in the way we live, that some of this actually starts to look like our life. And if that's not happening for you, well, welcome to the club. I'm glad that you're here. You're human. We all struggle with this. Now, what do we do when we're struggling with faith, when we're not sure where we're at, when we're not sure uh, how to take this next step? Well, let me tell you this. Stop thinking about ourselves. We have to take our eyes off us. We have to take our eyes off of our surroundings, and we have to turn them up to God. This morning, we've sung a lot about the incredible love of God, and we've got to believe that. We've got to trust that, that God is good, that God is powerful enough to crush an Egyptian army, that God is merciful and forgiving, that God is chasing after you. God loves you. And when we focus on our faith, and really when I say focus on our faith, I'm saying focus on our God. When we focus on him, all of a sudden these steps don't seem quite so hard. But even when they are hard, we know that God is good, that he's working, that initially We've taken that leap of faith. We're allowing him to hold us. We're allowing him to move us forward, and that's what we want. Now, there's a negative side of faith. There's a warning here in, in 
verse 6 of chapter 11. And that, that verse says this, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You know, in the American culture, for some reason, we've got this really interesting theory. If you talk to, to people about this, this is pretty common, at least from my experience. We've got this imaginary scale. And what we're hoping is that our good will outweigh our bad. And sometimes we do bad things, and sometimes we do good things. And sometimes we do a really good thing, and sometimes we do a really bad thing. And this is going back and forth, up and down, and we're hoping at the end of life that our scale is slightly tipped towards the good so that we get to be in the presence of God. Well, there's a couple problems with this theory. One, how will you ever know if you're good enough? Two, this isn't what the Bible teaches. Praise the Lord, it's not. What the Bible teaches is we're all bad. (laughs) We're stuck down here. And it's like we're sitting in this plate or bowl or whatever would be in the scale. We're sitting in it, and we're hoping that our good deeds will somehow make it up here. It's kind of like sitting in a plate blowing bubbles, hoping that your bubbles will make it to this end and somehow weigh it down. That's not going to happen. And it's even worse than that. Our, our plate our, and ourselves, we are chained down to this side. We have no option, no ability, even with all the bubbles in the world, to get this thing to move. And it is faith that releases this side because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith releases this side and faith specifically, remember, in Jesus And Jesus now, by his work and his power on the cross, is able to slam this side down, never again to be lifted. This is down. He is good. And now, how did we end up with this good? Nothing we did. Our bubbles didn't make a difference. I'm glad we we blow bubbles. I'm glad we do good things. This is an important part of life. However, it is the good of Jesus that gets us to the good side, and it is our, we are stuck on this side otherwise because it's our faith in Jesus that allows us to understand to then now be in the good side and where that is. And this is where, this is as a church family, the reason we come to church, and I hope this is the case for you, is because we're not good enough. You get in this door because you're not good enough. That's why we come. It's because we needed Jesus. We needed his work in our life. And what we're saying is, I'm not good enough, that's why I'm here. I needed something outside of myself to save me. And I don't know, again, where we're all at. If you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus, today is maybe the day that you take that leap of faith into his arms. And then then you walk by faith in his path and in his will. You trust in him completely. Now, if you have put your faith in Jesus, then there's no need to flail around. You know, you're jumping, you're in the water. He's holding you. He's got you. If you're struggling, that's okay. Put your eyes on him. Put your faith 
in him and who he is and what he's able to do. If you have questions about any of these things, come find me anytime or any of the the church leadership would love to talk to you about these things. This is what we're about. This is who we are. We're a church that has faith in Jesus and the work that he's done. We've seen it in the life of the people of the Israelites and the work through Moses. We've seen it in our day, and we believe that God is that incredible. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that we can come to you knowing that even though we're not good enough, that you have made a way for us to be right before you. That, Lord, as we put our faith in you, that you are giving us your goodness, you're giving us your righteousness, you're encouraging us when we're struggling through life as it's challenging. And God, as we take those steps, I pray that you would continue to bless us and encourage us. And where we're feeling weak, I pray that you would fill those gaps. We know that you are strong when we are weak. God, thank you that we can turn to you and through your power, we can claim a new identity. We can suffer for good and resist temptations. We can value Jesus more than treasures. We can take a risk to do the right thing. We can obey your commands and we can follow you into the unknown. Lord, thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.